I'm in Black here on day two of South by Southwest Music. I'm here with Michael Renault from Pitchfork for Chicago Made Illinois Entertainer and Dynasty Podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good, man. You, we were talking before the mic went on. You went to sleep last night at like 10 p.m. <laughs> so like you're rested. You're probably like a real human being right now, right? Yeah, I'm gonna stay up for the next 82 hours, I think. Yeah. Okay, so then it'll balance out. Right. I try to take the opportunity when I have it to sleep. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. You got to do that at South by. Uh, so we are here at South by. It's really the first full day of music. Uh, how was your South by going so far? I know that you're doing like two panels. Yeah, it's been good. I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of here for both the interactive and the music portions of it. Um, I did a panel for interactive um, about uh, our editorial platform and how we want to break out of it sometimes and make uh, more engaging feature stories using audiovisual techniques, full screen images, looping video, all that kind of stuff, and sort of enhancing a reader experience. Um, so that's what that was about. And then we have a little bit more fun on Friday with Michael Hendricks doing a panel and music about. Um, album covers, and we're going to critique album covers and do a little bit of a game show with the audience and um, talk about also sort of the design process and how maybe that mirrors um, recording and writing a song and different techniques such as the hierarchy and, uh, you know, repetition and all those kind of like things that kind of extend to both disciplines. So it'll be really fun. That is awesome. So I want to ask you a lot of design questions and I really follow up on that second panel. Let's talk about the first one for a second because you're talking about... You know, you're talking about uh, breaking out of kind of like the existing model of kind of internet criticism and, and journalism, bringing in some different elements. Like, talk more about that. Like, what can be brought to journalism that isn't really being utilized right now? Online. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's, there's a few things for that. So for the panel, it was called Abandon the CMS. And the CMS is, you know, the system that editorial platforms use to put their content in. And when you do that, you're kind of restricted by your, you know, website's design already. And if you want to do something that's a little bit more special, you kind of have to code it custom. And it's, so it's less traditional because it takes a lot of time and hours to do that. Um, so, you know, in terms of, like, showcasing the feature work that our editorial team does, we really like to take the opportunity to make it special and you know I think I, I could really go down the most nerdy wormhole <laughs> right now about uh, this stuff but at the end of the day uh, we're, we're, we're trying as best as we can to sort of show our show our editorial uh, in the best way possible in 2015 now that there are all these great tools available to us you know does part of that come from the fact that now anyone can have a blog anyone can have a tumblr there's so much opinion on the internet on so many platforms so for an outlet like Pitchfork you guys are obviously like a premier destination but are you guys even on your end always feeling like we got to keep evolving we got to keep kind of like staying ahead of you know where things are well i think you know in terms of design and development and trying to innovate on the web you know we we, we always try to do that just to be as best as we can be but when it comes to uh, our editorial you know we we have a very specific voice just like um just like lots of blogs and tumblers and anything else and um all we have to do is really kind of stick to that and, and make sure we're being representative of, of what we stand for. And a lot of that is not necessarily new forms of journalism, but um, in a lot of ways old forms of journalism where we can escape things like um, native advertising with brands coming in and informing what we're writing about. And um, y You know, we're more of uh, a filter than an aggregator. A lot of people discover music these days through Spotify and Pandora and um, Beats and everything else where you kind of get your musical influence through um, algorithms and we're yeah we're a filter so like we do have a specific editorial voice and that's that's part of what you know kind of keeps us going and that like we're not trying to like go in this other direction that is already working you know for, for people but we're, we're a very specific thing for ourselves absolutely 
Now, you know, at Pitchfork, you are the creative director. What does that mean? You know, what does a creative director title entail at a company like Pitchfork? Take us through a typical 24 hours, if there is such a thing. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how to define my title. Uh, it's just kind of what, uh, yeah, because the thing is, we're, we're a smaller company, I think, than a lot of people realize, and we all wear lots of hats, and everyone from our president, our CEO, down to our newest employee kind of collaborate together in a really, like, level environment. So um, for me personally, I guess I'm accountable for all of the visual um aspects of the company, um, but also have a voice at the table for editorial and festivals and everything that goes along with it. And um, Being so design-focused within that company, you know, I think that people just instinctively, they think of music as kind of like this oral, auditory thing, auditory. They don't think of it as something that they really like see. They don't think about the visual component about, of music as much. What is design for a sound-based kind of medium really mean? Yeah, sure. I mean, when we design for the site, we design for an editorial site first and foremost. So it's kind of agnostic to the content in some ways, just in sort of um, focusing to focus on reader experience and, you know, um, giving the most like sort of legitimate voice we can to what we're writing about. But in terms of music, um, we, we are lucky enough to deal with, you know, photos and illustrations that are really beautiful and, and cool and videos that are... Um, sort of pushing the envelope. And so, like, working in the realm of music, you know, it, we're reporting on creative individuals. So they're, they're pumping out, just, uh, I shouldn't say pumping out, but, you know, uh, we're, we're able to deal with things that already look great. So, like, for us, a lot of it is sort of stepping aside and letting uh, the content sort of do the speaking. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the really gorgeous components of what Pitchfork is doing right now is you guys have this quarterly publication called the Pitchfork Review. Kind of take us through that. What is the Pitchfork Review for anybody who hasn't seen it? It was at the Chicago Made booth over the last couple days, and I looked through it, and it is really like a gorgeous publication. So kind of like, how did that start? What was the idea with that? Thanks. Yeah. Um, so it, for, for us, it was, you know, obviously something we had talked about for a long time, if we ever move, would move into print or not. And, you know, we, we really couldn't reconcile a print product for a long time that made any sense because when it comes to discovering music, it, it really is a, a time is of the essence thing. As soon as something leaks or something, you know, you get an early stream um, of an album, people are already able to make their own decisions and come to their own conclusions and people write about it immediately. So once a print product comes out about music, it's, it's not necessarily like, it doesn't need to be keyed in on discovering new music, but it can be about celebrating music and loving music. So we, we sort of found our our uh, niche in a quarterly publication where it's it's almost like more like a book than a magazine. Um, we're able to sort of escape. On Pitchfork.com, we write about new music. That's sort of what we concentrate on. And the Pitchfork Review, that's definitely a part of it, but when it we think about new music in the magazine. It's we're hoping that those things are around for a long time, and we're writing about new music that we think is making an impact on music for, for time to come. But we're also able to write about music of the past, um, show lots of really great photo galleries, um, and do, we we have comics. Um, we have it, it, the editorial focus is different than Pitchfork.com, but it really has the same voice. So it's meant to be a collectible item uh, for people to sort of uh, you know you could buy issue number one right now, which came out a year and a half ago, and it would feel almost as relevant, but um, it's a great way to discover music from the past, but also just read about the music you love in, in a new way. You know, so something else that stood out about it, because again, like like you're talking about, a print publication in 2015, absolutely, it has to make sense, there has to be a really clear-cut reason to do it in a distinct way. 
something else that also stands out about it is it's long form journalism and similarly we're living in an age right now where like you know people want to read part of a tweet right. you know they want to read the headline and then they're like oh I've read the whole thing I read what the headline was on Facebook totally. so how do you reconcile like publishing long form journalism in a print publication and really like creating something of value I'm not doubting that it's a value but creating something that will engage with an audience when you're facing this kind of paradigm where people are on the other side of it. Sure, yeah. I mean, we're not really thinking about that stuff, I guess, is, is the answer. I mean, I think, I, I believe that there's still a large amount of people that like reading long-form pieces, that like giving attention to, you know, uh, I hate saying the word content, but content. And, uh, <laughs> we're at South By, you gotta... <laughs> no, it's just like worms in my head. Uh, but yeah, uh, the it, it's, really meant, it's really meant for people who want to spend time with something um, you know, it's 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 almost it's really difficult for me to understand how someone wouldn't want to uh, take some time for things that mean a lot to them. And uh, we are all captivated by BuzzFeed and um, Twitter and everything, and, and sort of reading headlines to get our information. But it's less about information and more about an experience with the Pitchfork Review. Um, well, and and for me, like personally, so like I'm early 30s. I kind of grew up on both sides. I grew up reading before the internet, and then like in high school, college, like there was the internet and then social media soon after, so I kind of fell into the, like the trap that we're all in now. But I still enjoy like long form reading. I still enjoy having magazines, and because I remember that world. So I think that there's definitely an audience that wants quality kind of items or content or long form, you know, journalism or whatever format, if it's done well and if, if it means something, right? Sure. And it, like, I mean, it separates all of that stuff. In the review, it's sort of like, it's, it's people are, know when they get a copy of it that it's meant, everything in it's meant to be special and purposeful. And, um, you know, to that point, we do republish, you know, most, most editorial companies that have both a print and a digital product usually go digital, usually go print first and then put it on their website. And for us, um, we have a section called Control-P where we publish four to five features that were on our site. Um, and we add new sidebars and new photography and sort of give it, an, you know, like a little bit more of a, an added value. But um, when we make those stories on the web, again, like we're not necessarily looking for clickbait when we do those. We're, we're I shouldn't even say necessarily, we aren't. And uh, the they're very pur purposeful, but the daily grind of the web, things get pushed away after a couple days, and people stop going down on the page a little bit further and, and passing things around on social media. So for us, it was an opportunity to highlight things that we really felt deserved to be cataloged and spent some time with, and, and we think it's a really good way to illustrate that. Absolutely, man. Now, something that you know I see with, with Pitchfork is that I think a lot of people have the perception that it's, like, it's a Brooklyn company. And I know you guys have a Brooklyn office, but Pitchfork really originated in Chicago, correct? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, we, we started in, uh, it was started in Chicago, and our offices have always been here. Um, our editorial team did move to New York uh, about five years ago, and they're based there, but we have editorial members in Chicago as well, and our operations are in Chicago, so our design development, our president, you know, finance, advertising, marketing, all that stuff is, is in Chicago. Well, and, you know, the, the festival, a huge component of Pitchfork is Pitchfork's, you know, annual summer festival. This year is an amazing lineup, Chance the Rapper, so many great artists. Why keep the festival in Chicago? You know, it could be in Brooklyn, it could be in L.A., it could be in Austin, it could be in Nashville. What is it about Chicago that makes it the right place to have Pitchfork's music festival? So Chicago is, is home to us, and, you know, we've been around for 10 years. It's our 10-year anniversary. Um, and when the first Pitchfork festival happened, um, there wasn't, you know, Riot Fest yet. Lollapalooza hadn't come back. There were less street festivals in Chicago. 
and um, it's it's yeah, like I said, it's home to us. We we like to come back every year because it's just um, not only part of what we do, but it's it is part of Chicago's fabric and in the music community. And um, you know, we really don't necessarily look to leverage um, our and you know what we have now into like sort of more numbers and uh, bigger value by doing it somewhere else like New York. Um, I, I think Chicago is is the best place to do things um, in, in a meaningful way. Um, we also have a festival in Paris. Um, we're, we're doing our fifth year this fall, and, and it's kind of a similar thing where we spend a lot of time with. Um, you know, the company that produces it now, Super, and um, really got to know them and became friends with them and found out through them that it would be something that the city would really um, appreciate, something that they don't have much of. And, and it is a very nice, special thing. So for us, it's more about that than it is about sort of branching out and putting a music festival in every city around the world. Well, you know, and I think it is really meaningful in Chicago. I know, you know, everyone I know loves music. Everyone loves music now. But, like, you know, my my friends are, like, hardcore music fans who go to all the festivals. And Pitchfork's always something where there's a level of quality. There's a level of, like, discernment. You know, I'm not even singling out Chicago. There's a lot of music festivals where you can kind of tell, like, it's, it's a committee thing. It's, you know, working with agendas and pitchfork it always feels like the music comes first and foremost sure yeah no it definitely does and so does community I mean for us it's it's really about um, the, just going back every year people seeing seeing their friends and hanging out and uh, to us that's that's what it's all about and it's you know for, for us that's a very Chicago thing too because we've kept ourselves very pretty much the same since we started out of respect for that and you know uh, yeah yeah so you know Operating out of Chicago with a major organization like Pitchfork, how do you see the Chicago music culture and community, you know, in 2015? How does it feel to be a music company now? Does it feel different than five, ten years ago, or where do you see the city going? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, both the music industry and, you know, the local music scene in Chicago have changed a lot over the last ten years, as anything does. Um, and, you know, I think it's going in a really... It's, it's hard for me to say personally like I, I don't know I, I can't predict the future or anything but like to me right now Chicago feels more collaborative than ever um, everyone really tries to uh, pump each other up and, and, and raise each other up a little bit and it's, it's really wonderful to be a part of that yeah uh, you know final question what's coming up this year for you professionally personally for, for Pitchfork the magazine the festival like what's on deck for you guys creatively and professionally this year sure our fifth issue of the Pitchfork Review just, just, it's just about to come out in a week. Um, features a really wonderful in-depth York interview, um, which I think is the best one I, I, I've read for sure. We have a wonderful piece on the B-52s and their involvement and influence on the queer community in Atlanta. Um, we have a great piece on NWA and how their success was sort of ushered alongside of the emergence of cops. Uh, a piece by Eric Harvey that is, is really uh, amazing to read. So um, that's something special that I hope everyone checks out. Um, and aside from that, you know, we're working on our, our 10th year anniversary of the festival, our, our fifth Paris festival, and we have a lot of really exciting things coming up on the site this year that I can't wait for people to see. So it should be a good one. Well, I love it, man. Uh, Michael Pitchfork, uh, creative director, man. That's such a cool title. It's such a cool company. Started in Chicago. Obviously, it's a worldwide brand that means so much to so many people who love music. Thank you, man, for taking some time here at South by Southwest for Chicago Made. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, thank you. It's great to meet you. Thanks for everything. Awesome.